Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Now, tonight's message isn't about relationships, but I do, I know that you guys have a lot of questions. Uh, if I could answer a few of those general questions. One, it was awesome, amazing. Two, how do I feel? How am I feeling? How are you doing? How's married life? How are you feeling as a married man? How does it feel to be a whole husband? These are the questions that I get. I feel awesome. I, I'm, I'm gonna be real. It's a lot better than being on the other side. The, the dating and the waiting and the, and the engagement and, and all that, it was a beautiful process, but it was a three and a half year long process and we were long distance, she was across the country, all those things. So now that we're able to finally do life together, I feel amazing. Thank you, thank you. So while I was gone, I've had a decent amount of time to pray and to ask God, you know, where his heart is for us moving forward. What he wants to see in his church, in his people. Um, and that's what I'm bringing tonight. Y'all cool with that? Yeah. Did you guys miss me just a little bit? Just a little bit? Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, I know you guys had an amazing summer. It was awesome. We've had our staff killing it, bringing you guys amazing messages. Yeah, you guys can give it up for them. They were working really hard. Erskine, Tay, James. Uh, we had our panel. We had our worship night. Did you guys enjoy the worship night last week? It was awesome. The stations and everything. That was the team putting that stuff together for you guys. And so you guys can give it up for them one more time. I appreciate it. But while they were delivering some fire messages to you guys, while they were planning panels and, and all these things, uh, I was sitting back, chilling, hanging with my wife. You see me, all right. You know, I've been waiting to say that. You know, you hear people say that all the time. Oh, my wife. That, my best friend is actually in the building today. What's up, Alex? That's been my best friend since, since I moved here in high school. That was one of the first people that I met. Uh, you know, we were on the same bus together. He didn't like the fact that I chose my own seat on the bus, even as the new guy, but y'all know how it goes. When you're not a chump, you're gonna sit where you wanna sit. Only reason I brought that up is because when he got married, just, I mean, the next day, he would no longer call his wife by her name. It's only my wife, my wife. My wife, yeah, you know, my wife said this and my wife said that. And you know, I was chilling with my wife the other day. <laughs> and I was, you know, the, those awkward, you know, my, my girlfriend, you know, my, my fiance. Oh, we, we just got engaged. Oh, I gotta call you my fiance, not my girlfriend. And now it's just my wife. <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate that. So as I was sitting back chilling with my wife, and praying, God was really downloading this in my spirit. And it's, and it's something very, very simple. Um, 
it's not that it's a simple subject, but what he was downloading to me has been really simple. When we started in our series for the summer, just talking about walking with God, I came and I I spoke about uh, the Lord being our shepherd and shepherding us and walking alongside of us and, and treating us like shepherds treat sheep. You guys remember that message? All right, if you weren't here, you should go back and listen to that message. It's called The Lord is My Shepherd from Psalm 23. And we broke down what it looks like to have an intimate relationship with God, where he is caring for you, where he's tending to you, where he's actually spending time with you. He's out there in the field with you. Not just, you know, glorious God on the throne, but God with us, Emmanuel, God who dwells among us, God who actually walks with us through life. And one of the, I was going to bring a message about the Holy Spirit, but as I got to writing it, it was just too much. I'm like, this has to be a series. So are you guys ready for a series about the Holy Spirit? It's a big deal. This has been on my mind a lot, especially as I've been navigating a new season of life and really wanting to be closer to God than ever before. Has it, does anybody feel that way? Does anybody want to be closer to God than they've ever been? Well, if that's you today, if you want to be closer to God than you've ever been, you came on the right time. If you got your notebook, take out your notebook. Take some notes. If you have a phone, take some notes in your phone, because I think this is going to be a very pivotal message for a lot of people. I've learned that if I want to be more intimate with God, if I want to know him better than ever before, then I have to become more aware of and more engaged with the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of you guys might be saying, duh. And then some of you guys might be saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's foreign to me. Well, let me do a little bit of explaining about why this is an extremely important subject for us. I want us to start by looking at the Athanasian Creed. Fancy name. And it's a long explanation of what the Trinity is. But we're just going to look at the first part of it. It says, now this is the Christian faith, that we worship one God in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity, neither blending their persons nor dividing their essence. For the person of the Father is a distinct person. The person of the Son is another, and that of the Holy Spirit still another. But the divinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, their glory equal, their majesty co-eternal. It's beautiful, isn't it? So as I've been meditating on getting closer to God, God's just been downloading, let's talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about the Holy Spirit. And I started realizing the dilemma that we're facing as a lot of believers, because if the Holy Spirit is God himself and a whole person of the Trinity, but we're more familiar with just the Father and the Son. I feel like we, we kind of grasp that. We're like, okay, Father, Son. But the Holy Spirit, for a lot of us, there's just like a question mark. Like, kind of get it, kind of don't. What's going on here? 
but he's just as important, co-equal, equal in majesty, equal in glory, worthy of all of our praise, of our adoration, of our affections, of our intimacy. But if we just view him as kind of over here on the side or something we can get to later, I think that that is what a lot of our Christian walks are missing. I think that a lot of times we grasp the concept father, son, but with the Holy Spirit, we just kind of leave it alone. And I think a lot of us, we might view the Holy Spirit as kind of the sidekick or the assistant, but he's co-equal. And so if that's true, then that means we should know about him. Do you guys agree? Now, what was almost embarrassing about the realization that I had is we know more, it seems, about the Father and about the Son, but I I just have a quick trivia question for you guys. Do you know where the Father and the Son currently are? Anybody? Yeah, somebody answer. In In heaven, right? Does anybody know where the Holy Spirit is? Wow. The Holy Spirit is here. Here. And yet it seems that he's the one that we know the least about. I would say it this way. The Holy Spirit lives in us. This is what Jesus said. Dwells among us. And yet somehow he is still a stranger to many of us. As believers, when you follow Jesus... The Holy Spirit is a promise to you. He said, when I go, I'm going to send another helper to you, one that's equal to me. And yet a lot of us don't understand the power that's in that. Jesus, when he came back, resurrected, he went, he talked to his disciples, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He told them, don't go anywhere. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere until you've been clothed with power from on high. And what he was talking about was the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the power to walk in their purpose, the power to do what God was calling them to do, was based on whether they received and had relationship with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? So tonight I want us to kind of meditate on this. The the goal of this series is, is simple. We want to have a clearer understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how to engage with him so that we can experience the entirety of God's will for us. Because if we don't engage with the Holy Spirit, if we don't have an intimate relationship with him, we will never experience the entirety of God's will for us. It doesn't mean that you you won't be saved if you don't theologically understand the Holy Spirit and if you don't hear from him like God wants you to. It doesn't mean that your salvation is resting on this. Your salvation rests on faith in Jesus Christ but you walking in the fullness of what God has for you, in the fullness of what God has promised to you, in the fullness of what God has sent to you, that is dependent on whether you are living life 
with the Holy Spirit and you have an understanding of who he is and how to engage with him. Amen? Amen. All right, so I want to pray for us and then I want to get into some points for the night. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be here and hear from you, to be in your presence and you being in our presence. God, I ask that you would speak to us in the way that only you can speak to us. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would start revealing who you are to us, would give us wisdom, would give us revelation, Lord, and would grow us in these moments. Holy Spirit, introduce yourself to those who don't know you. Reintroduce yourself to those of us who don't fully understand you. God, continue to reveal yourself to us. Allow me to decrease as you increase. Speak to your people. Equip us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, I believe that as we grow in our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, we will grow in our understanding of how he seeks to operate in our daily lives. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about who the Holy Spirit is. So we're going to start with three things we need to know about the Holy Spirit. I'm allowing you guys to write. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm, I'm chilling. I'm this is important information. And so this isn't a super passionate, preachy moment. This is just vital information for us to have. I want us to learn. I want us to be inspired in a lot of moments, and I hope that this inspires you. But more than anything, I think this is revelation from God for how to do what he's called us to do, how to experience what he's called us to experience, and how to become everything that he's called us to become. And so I want us all to really lean in in these moments and seek to learn from God as he reveals himself to us. Amen? Amen. All right. So number one, the Holy Spirit is a unique person and not simply a power or influence. The Holy Spirit is a whole person of the Trinity. God is three in one but three distinct persons of one essence. And so the Holy Spirit is not just a force, not just an energy, not just an influence, not just some type of power you can wield, but he is a whole person. And when you have that understanding, how you interact with a person is different from how you interact with a power. It affects how you pray. It affects how you go about your life. Because a power does not have feelings, does not have desires, does not have a will for you, but a person does. The Holy Spirit is a person. So that means he has desires, he has feelings. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4.30 says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. I'm going to read that one more time. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, I want you guys to say this part. Remember, just the next word. Remember, 
He. Remember. He. Remember. He. Remember. He. He. Not it. Not a thing. Not just a power. Not just a mystical being. He. So do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember that he has identified you as his own because he's God, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So one of the ways that we can grow in experiencing God, one of the ways that we can get to know God better and grow in our relationship with him is by reverently treating him like a person. And so that doesn't mean you just talk to him however. That's why I say reverently. That doesn't mean now we just treat the Holy Spirit like he's just the homie. He's still God, worthy of our reverence, of our respect, of all of our awe. But he's intimately involved in our lives, cares for us. He has identified each of you as his own. Now, how you approach him would be different than somebody who just thinks, ah, the Holy Spirit, he just kind of does miracles and stuff. I know that a lot of us, that's our understanding. It's a, more, it's a more immature understanding because you don't hear a lot of this type of teaching. And so we've seen a lot of weird stuff. And so we might just associate him with some of the weird things that we've seen. Because how many of you guys know a lot of people have done a lot of weird things and then said that it was the Holy Spirit that did it? Has anybody experienced that? Maybe it's just me. A lot of people have done a lot of things that are not super consistent with how God operates and attributed it to the Holy Spirit. Now, what that does is puts a poor taste in some people's mouths. On the other side of things, some people are walking in a more full version of relationship with the Holy Spirit, and they do some things that might be weird to us, because we don't have a full revelation of who God is or what he wants. And so we can't throw out everything that looks a little weird to us just because it looks a little weird to us. Now we're humans. The Holy Spirit, he is God. And he has a will that we won't always understand. But as we have relationship with him, he'll reveal himself to us. And that's when you can follow your convictions. You can follow your leadings. Jesus says that the spirit of truth will come, and that he'll lead you and he'll guide you into all truth, that he'll remind you of what Jesus taught. He is essential in our lives, but he is a person. And I think that that's essential to our relationship with God. That's what takes us from religion to relationship. That's the difference. We can have a lot of debates about what religion is right. We can have a lot of debates about theology, but God really bypassed a lot of that stuff. And he's like, no, I'm just going to send my spirit. He'll actually speak to you. He'll reveal himself to you. He'll show his power. He'll work miracles. He'll shift stuff in your life. You will experience him because he's real, a whole person. That's the difference. And so if you are experiencing some stagnance in your relationship with God, if you're feeling like it's kind of stagnant, getting kind of dead, 
It's because your interaction with the Holy Spirit is not where it should be. Because he's a person. It's no different than your relationship with somebody else. Any relationship that's dying normally comes from a lack of engagement and interaction and intimacy. But you can have an intimate relationship with God and it's probably a lot simpler than you might think. Because the Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus, when you profess your faith in Christ, he says that he will send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then dwells in you and you can just have a conversation with him. God actually wants you to hear his voice. He actually wants you to know who he is. Not just God on the throne somewhere, God in heaven somewhere, but God here. Dwelling in us. Does that interest anybody? God himself will allow his spirit to dwell in you. And as a believer, the level at which you experience God has a lot to do with your understanding of the Holy Spirit. When you understand that he is a person and you can interact with him like a person, just like you would want to interact with me. You come up and you say, hey, Vance. And then you say something. And then I say something in return. And we have a conversation. In the same way, you can interact with God. God, you say something. God will say something in return. But a lot of times it's the distractions in our lives. And a lot of times we don't understand how he speaks. One of the things that I had to learn when I was younger, um, in college I wrestled a lot with the idea of hearing God's voice and how a lot of people said that they heard the voice of God and I didn't. And so it was a struggle for me. And as I continued to pursue God, I learned that God was speaking to me a lot more than I realized. I just gave myself a lot of the credit. One of those things, understanding the scripture, when you open the Bible, let me share something with you. When you open the Bible and you have like an aha moment or a light bulb comes on, it's not you. <laughs> You're not that smart. That's God himself, his Holy Spirit revealing himself to you. Jesus said that he would do that. He said that he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And he will, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I have taught you. So he'll lead you into the truth and he'll remind you. So not only when you have that aha moment, but you ever been in, in a situation and something comes up in your mind, maybe a scripture that you had heard in the past, but it didn't really make a ton of sense. And then you're in a situation and all of a sudden a scripture comes up in your mind. Has anybody experienced that? The Holy Spirit. That's not just your mind randomly accessing scriptures. It's the Holy Spirit leading you into truth. Conviction that we experience when we're doing something that we shouldn't according to God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, leading you into all truth guiding you here as a helper. Affirmation, encouragement, when we feel the love of God, when we hear God speak to us, it's the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times it's a lot more subtle than we might think. 
And so I've learned to just stop attributing my good ideas about God, my good ideas about ministry, and the wisdom that I've somehow come across, I've stopped attributing it to me. And I realize that the Holy Spirit is a person, the person of God teaching me, guiding me, giving me wisdom. And as I acknowledge that, and as I become more aware of that, the more it happens. And the more I'm able to tap into what he's doing because I'm able to seek him as a counselor. That's one of the meanings of his name. He'll counsel you. And so if that's true, do you really think that God wants it to be difficult for you to hear from him? If he wants to counsel you, if he wants to help you and aid you and assist you, do you think he wants that to be a difficult, challenging process? You can answer, do you think? It doesn't make sense, right? So the only thing that makes sense is that God would want us to hear from him. If he said that he wants us to hear from him. And so when you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is a person, when you understand that he's a person, it helps us in how we approach him and how we receive from him. Amen? Two, the Holy Spirit is the agent that carries out the will of the Father and the Son. Now that can sound a little complex, but I'm going to break that statement down. An agent is a person who acts on behalf of another person or group. So a person who acts on behalf of another person or a group. And so if I am an FBI agent, I act on behalf of the simple. The Holy Spirit is the agent that acts here on the earth on behalf of the Father and of the Son. He's sent by the Father, sent by the Son, Scripture tells us that he understands the thoughts of God. Scripture says that who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit within him. In the same way, only the spirit of God understands the mind and the thoughts of God. So he understands those things, and then he performs them here on the earth. We see this throughout scripture, starting in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 1 through 2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now, in my mind, I picture this like he's like, oh, bruh, hovering. It's about to go down. All types of potential here. Hovering. What's up? What you want to do, God? It's all formless and empty and dark and void. What you want to do? So God says, let there be light. Holy Spirit's like, boom! What else? And that's, that's how I imagine the interaction. I don't know if it's that dramatic or it's not. But you get the point. He is the agent that performs and acts out the will of the Father and the Son. Jesus said this. He said that the Holy Spirit will do 
what I'm telling him to do. There's this crazy submission that happens that we can learn from through the Trinity. God wants us to understand his nature and his persons. And so we see Jesus here on the earth and he's submitting to the will of the Father. He says, I won't say anything unless the Father tells me to say it. But it's the Holy Spirit that empowers him to act out. Why? Because the Spirit is the agent that acts out the will of God. And so I'm going to do a quick glance throughout Scripture where we see more of a general perspective of all the places that the Holy Spirit is in these really powerful moments acting out the will of God. The birth of Jesus. Mary said, how am I going to have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit did that. Baptism of Jesus. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. So Jesus is baptized by the Holy Spirit. What happens immediately after that? Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan where he was being baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Holy Spirit is all in the mix, making things happen, leading things. Public ministry of Jesus. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. It didn't just say Jesus returned to Galilee. After he was tempted, he was filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, came out with the power of the Spirit. Jesus himself testified about the Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He was anointed by what? The Spirit of the Lord. Miracles. Jesus says, but if it is the Spirit but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's saying that it's the Spirit of God that empowers him to do miracles. So it's by the Holy Spirit that Jesus was born. The Holy Spirit baptized him. The Holy Spirit filled him, led him into the wilderness to be tempted. When he left the wilderness, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He testifies that he's anointed by the Spirit. When he's doing miracles, he's saying that it is by the Spirit that he's doing miracles. And then the resurrection. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Is anybody seeing a new relevance of the Holy Spirit? In short, the Holy Spirit is a person and the Holy Spirit is full of power. 
and demonstrates the power of God, executes the power of God, performs the power of God. When Jesus walked the earth, he carried out the will of the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are called to do the same. And so when we know God, when we understand who he is, when we understand that the Holy Spirit that he has sent to us is a person equal with God, equal with God, and is living inside of us, and he is the agent that carries out the will of God, the heart of God, the purposes of God, then we can see that it is by him that we do anything for God. And that's how Jesus modeled it for us. Jesus himself, the son of God, steps out of heaven. Jesus, the son, equal with the spirit, equal with the father, steps out of heaven, comes to earth and says that it is by the spirit that I'm doing all of this. And so for you, as a Christian, The mark of you being a Christian is having God's Holy Spirit living in you, guiding you. That's what being a Christian is about. Being a Christian is not just about doing the right things. Being a Christian is not just about sin versus not sinning and living more holy. All of these things are important. But if we focus on just modifying our behaviors, if we focus on just reading our Bible and we don't understand that it's by the Spirit of God that we even understand what's taking place, we miss out on the fullness of what God has for us. And we miss out on the power that he wants us to be able to walk in because when you know him, when you're acquainted with who he is, with the fact that he's a person and with the fact that he holds the power of God and he's living inside of you, man, What potential do you hold? What kind of change could you make? What did he destine for you to do when he's put all of the potential in the world inside of you? The same Holy Spirit that brought light into existence, that brought creation into existence, is living on the inside of you, leading you, guiding you, What might he want to do through you that you don't know because you don't ask him? What might he want to do through you that you don't know because some of us don't even realize he's there? The Bible makes a a comparison. He says that God puts his treasure in jars of clay. That's the analogy of him putting his spirit inside of us, a lump of dirt, and the spirit of God is living inside of us. The spirit of God is speaking to you and leading you and guiding you. We good? There we go. The spirit of God is on the inside of you, the most powerful treasure you could have inside of you, in a jar of clay. Take the most valuable thing that you could imagine and imagine just putting it in a jar of dirt. And that's what God in his love has done for us 
that he's taken everything that is good, everything that is glorious, everything that is majestic, everything that is holy, and has said, I will cleanse you by forgiving your sins, and then I will place my own spirit inside of you, my own person living within you to help you. That's point three. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That's what Jesus calls him. John 14, 15 through 16, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The word there used as advocate is the word, y'all ready for the pronunciation? Parakletos. I looked it up on YouTube. Y'all want to say it with me? Okay, okay, okay. Parakletos. You got to put a little bass in your voice because we're talking about God. Parakletos. There we go. So what that means is a helper. And that's what Jesus refers to the third person in the Trinity that's coming to live among us and dwell in us. That's how he refers to him. And some places in English translated as advocate, there are a lot of uh, terms to describe it because it has a broad meaning. But in its essence, it's helper. Actually, literally translated, parakletos, means one called alongside you to give aid to help. So let's, let's, let's think about this. The Holy Spirit, third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, equal with the Father, equal with the Son, has been around since the beginning, co-eternal, equal in glory, equal in majesty, equal in power. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's full of power, and he's the agent that executes the the will of God here on the earth. So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's full of power. And he's one called alongside you to give aid, to help. God wants to help you. That's the description of the Holy Spirit, helper. How amazing is that? that God wants to help you at the essence of what he's doing here, why we gather together. He went through all the trouble of offering us salvation, cleansing us of our sins, dying for our sins to cleanse us. Why? To help us? Some of you are being mind blown right now because you thought that God did all this to tell you that you were just wrong and you were bad and you weren't good enough. But God created you, God loves you, and he died for you so that he could help you, not so that he could condemn you. He said, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Why? Because God does not seek to condemn you. He died so that you don't have to be condemned. Resurrected to show he has power and can be the one who decides that you don't get condemned. And then sent his spirit to dwell here with you to help you. Now, some of you, the way that your life is set up, you're like, I could use some help. That's good news. If you need help, you are in the right place. You've heard about the right God because God himself wants to live with you, to dwell in you, and to help you. Everything that you need help with, everything that you need assistance with, everything that you need to be equipped to do, everything that you need assistance with doing, God himself wants to do it because he is the helper. Some of you have realized that walking with Jesus, living for Jesus, is a bit challenging. Some of you have realized that some of the things he asks us to do are really challenging. Some of you have realized that at a certain point, a lot of us want to tap out and give up. And we don't feel like we have the capability. We don't feel like we have the strength to do what God has called us to, to live like he's called us to live, to go through the things that we're going through. But the Holy Spirit is here to help you. That's why throughout scripture, he takes on the name of every good thing that he intends to help you with. In Romans 8, 2, he's called the spirit of life to give you life. In Hebrews 10, 29, he's called the spirit of grace if you need grace. In Revelation 19, 10, he's called the spirit of prophecy if you need to be spurred on and encouraged to where you need to go. If you need to know, God, what do you have for me? The spirit of prophecy lives within you. If you need to know what is God's will, what is the truth, in a world that doesn't understand that there is objective truth, that doesn't agree that there's objective truth. John 14 says that he is the spirit of truth and he will convince you. Another word, another translation of that term parakletos means advocate. And it has a judicial meaning to it, saying that he will stand beside you. He's called alongside you to help you also by advocating for you arguing on your behalf and convincing you of what the truth is. So the spirit of truth will convince you in your own mind in this time. Some of you are like, I think Jesus is real because the spirit of truth is in here convincing you of that. Some of you say it's difficult to live a holy life. Well, the spirit of holiness is in here equipping you to do that according to Romans 1.4. Ephesians 1.17 says that he's the spirit of wisdom and of revelation for those of you who could use a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more revelation of who God is and what he wants. Some of us want to see justice. The spirit of justice and judgment is the Holy Spirit according to Isaiah 28.6. He's also the spirit of fire, the spirit of glory, everything that you need. The person, not just the power, the person with the power is living 
on the inside of you as a believer. Some of you gave your lives to Jesus just last week. The Holy Spirit is now dwelling on the inside of you, full of power, full of ability, and full of the desire to help you. Some of you guys have been walking with Jesus for a really long time, but this is stirring something in you that you realize there's more available. And some of you, maybe you came in here having no idea who Jesus was. Somebody invited you to Fusion or you came across us on Instagram. And you're like, whoa, this got deep. But something's stirring in me. God himself at the beginning, when humanity fell short, fell into sin, and sin separated us from God, God himself came up with a plan to help us, to help you, you who fall short, you who have sinned. He came up with a plan to help you. The Son of God decided that he would come, that he would put on human flesh, that he would experience the things that humans experience, that he would deal with the trials, the testings, the tribulations, the challenges that humans experience, that he would live a perfect life, that he would submit to the will of the Father, which was to see us saved, that he would be anointed by the Holy Spirit to be empowered to carry out the will of God, which was to see us saved. And Jesus Christ, innocent, never did anything to anybody, was brutally tortured and murdered to pay the price for our sins, our shortcomings, our rejection of God. And he said, after that happens, he said, I'm, I'm gonna die and then I'm going to raise from the dead. And when that happens, there's gonna be something available to you that you've never had access to. Intimacy with God, knowledge of who God really is and the power to do God-level things with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so if you came in here not knowing Jesus, not having a relationship with Jesus, we're gonna take a moment to focus on you. And I think that as believers, we can, we can get in the rhythm of hearing altar calls and and hearing salvation calls and salvation prayers, and we can get complacent and we can start thinking about where we need to be and where we need to go. And we might think we're so far past this, but this is everything. This is why Jesus came, so that people would be saved, so that people would come to a knowledge of who God is, a knowledge of the truth. 
And so if that's you, we're all gonna close our eyes, we're gonna pray a prayer. And if that's you with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if that's you saying, I want Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit, I want relationship with God today. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not putting this off. I've realized that, that the life that I've been living and the way that I've been living it is not it, that there's more available for me. If that's you and you say, that's me today, I want you to raise your hand. You don't have to be ashamed, raise that hand. I see the hands, you're not the only one. The reason that I'm encouraging you to do that is because you need to know that you're making this decision today. You need to acknowledge that you're making this decision today. That this is it, that this is the change, this is the time. You need to sit with that decision right now. And we're coming alongside you to encourage you to say you have a family here. It's a lot of hands up. And some of you guys have already put your hands down. I wanna encourage you to keep your hand up and boldly make that decision. Why? Because after today, after the sermon, after the message, after the worship is done, after the keys stop playing, you have to live with this decision and you have to make this decision. You have to raise your hand in front of a world outside that doesn't think this makes sense. And so I'm giving you an opportunity right now to sit with that decision, to not rush you through that decision, but to think about the decision you're making. And now I wanna lead you in a prayer and every believer across the room is gonna say this prayer with us. Jesus, thank you. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you left heaven, that you took on human flesh and died for my sins. I repent and turn away from my old life and I turn to you and I receive you as the savior of my soul. I establish you as the leader of my life. I will do life with you through the power of your Holy Spirit for the rest of my days and be in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.